Business Desk Today is the podcast for New Zealand business leaders. Your daily business briefing from the team at businessdesk.co.nz. Welcome to Business Desk Today, a daily podcast featuring some of our top stories. It's Thursday, June 8, and I'm Riley Kennedy in Auckland. Our reporter, Oliver Lewis, spent much of yesterday at Building Nations in Christchurch. He reports there was a palpable sense of frustration from several speakers at the conference, organised by sector group Infrastructure New Zealand, who felt that New Zealand was talking too much, but building too little when it came to infrastructure. Infrastructure Minister Megan Woods said a piece of work to standardise how infrastructure projects are assessed and prioritised what gets built could be a game-changer. With an infrastructure deficit of more than $210 billion, according to Treasury, Woods and National Leader Christopher Luxon both emphasised the need to invest more, but also to plan better. During the event, Luxon announced his party's infrastructure policy, which included a 30-year infrastructure pipeline to be overseen by the Infrastructure Commission. Woods also has worked for the Commission, which is currently working with Treasury to develop an infrastructure priority list. In an emotional address, KPMG's Head of Infrastructure, Government and Healthcare, Richard Threerill, reminded attendees that on current emissions trajectory, that the world would surpass temperature threshold of 1.5 degrees above pre-industrial levels in a little over six years. Meanwhile, yesterday was a busy news day for corporate New Zealand. In his column, Paul Macbeth writes that on a normal day, it would be impossible to look away from the train wreck of a company on a collision course with oblivion, but Wednesday was no normal day. Memories of Pacific Edge's looming doomsday briefing wall but erased when Infotil came out swinging for the stars, with a $1.8 billion buyout of its 50-50 partner Brookfield in Telco One New Zealand, which was formerly Vodafone. There were no smoke signals like last time when Infotil swooped in to buy Voda in a deal valuing the country's biggest mobile player at $3.4 billion just four years ago. Back then, Vodafone was looking at floating the New Zealand player. After the Commerce Commission shot down a vertically integrated telco broadcast play, that would have come from a tie-up with Sky Television. It wasn't just a morning for the giant deal, but one for local investors to pile on board, with Infratil seeking to raise $850 million to help fund the deal. Interestingly, Paul writes, Shezies must have impressed through Air New Zealand's mammoth capital raising last year, because the investment platform got an allocation of $750 million placement for its 500,000-plus users. After the break, we look at global capital outfits being accused of greenwashing. Welcome back. Rory Carroll reports that global capital has a critical part to play in reducing climate emissions, but international organisations such as the Glasgow Financial Alliance for Net Zero and its subsidiaries have been accused of being fronts for greenwashing. The question is whether they can put their houses in order in the face of defections and the threat of legal crackdowns. According to the United Nations, based on current national climate plans, Global greenhouse gas emissions will rise 11% by 2030 
from 2010 levels and that assumes all those climate plans, including New Zealand's, are realised. Last year, former United States Vice President Al Gore said investors were growing more and more impatient with potential greenwashing. Net zero pledges made by asset managers through global green alliances were looking less than credible, Gore said. Meanwhile, Brent Melville reports that unsophisticated investors are putting their life savings at risk by having a punt in the very lightly regulated wholesale investment market. Market players say that's in a market environment that allows consumer promotions of products that have no business being sold to people like retirees who rely on regular income flow. In fact, New Zealand's wholesale investor regime, which fell under the Securities Act of 1978, specifically excluded estate or interest in land for which a certificate of title can be issued. Rather, the provisions of the scheme were aimed at wealthy people investing in private firms, entities that otherwise didn't have access to traditional bank finance, as a way of raising investment capital. As such, they didn't apply to property transactions, including investments in retirement schemes, and this is where some investors are being tripped up as they do not have the wealth or cash to navigate the pitfalls. Finally, a look at yesterday's markets. It was back to the future for cancer diagnostics firm Pacific Edge after its share price plunged more than 75% during a down day for the New Zealand share market. On its darkest day of trading in nearly two decades, Pacific Edge ended well below its February 2004 price of 14.9 cents. It closed the day with a fall of 38.6 cents or 77.98% to 10.9 cents after coming out of a trading halt and seeing 25.4 million of its shares, with 2.8 million being traded. Meanwhile, the top 50 index declined 122.9 points, or 1.03%, to 11,759 points, its lowest in nearly 10 weeks. That's it for today. For all these stories and more, head to businessdesk.co.nz. 